Friends, welcome to the Wild at Heart podcast here in the last week of February and the beginning of March. We want this to be a sacred space for you. We want it to be a soulful place of rest and healing and connection. And so before we jump into content, let's take a moment to let everything go and to find God. I do release everyone and everything to you, Lord Jesus. I really do. Restore my union with you. Strengthen me, fill me, meet me here in this podcast. Let this be a time of deep connection with you. In your name, we all pray. Amen. Well, I am in the studio this week with my favorite person. Oh, thank you. My wife, Stace. And wanted to begin with some reflections on the gospel. Marvelous. We have been thinking about the beauty of the gospel. It's something that we live so close to and all of us depend so much upon, but we kind of forget to talk about it Mm -hmm. and reflect on it and just bring it back before our attention. And the way that I've been thinking about it recently that I thought might be helpful to you all is that we are redeemed, recreated, and reinstated. We are redeemed, we are recreated, we are reinstated. And let me unpack that a little bit. We are redeemed, Colossians 1. 13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Right? Oh my goodness. And just to reflect on that for a moment, the the stunning beauty, the pierced hands, Mm. the pierced feet, of the Lord Jesus, his life given for us. In this day and hour, we almost need to be reminded that the cross of Jesus Christ, the atonement, John the Baptist called him, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sacrificial death of Jesus in our place was not primarily for our brokenness. It was for our sin. And in this hour, it's really difficult to talk about that. Like, I, I, bet, that, I bet that sentence just felt a little bit like cold water mm. to folks, right? Yeah, but it's cold water we need. Because in this hour and, and in, in the context of this podcast and this ministry, we do tend to focus much more on the second piece, which is recreated and, and the healing of brokenness and, and the restoration of our humanity, which we believe very deeply in. But I think it's really important for us all to remember the cross of Christ is not for your brokenness. It's for your sin. Right. Right, we don't get to recreate it until we're redeemed. 
it's it's the lamb that was slain. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from our sin, which is what makes us fall down in worshiping him yes. for what he did for us. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the beauty, the, the incredible love in that and the redemption that we need. We are a redeemed people. It says he, he came to purchase for God a people yes. with his own blood yes. to redeem us, restore us, bring us back to the Father. And it's just good. It's good to reflect on that because as, as we unpack redeemed, recreated, reinstated, there are places in me that I encounter these places, hon, that I just go, oh my gosh, I just need to be saved here. <laughs> right. We call them unconverted places, places in us that we haven't submitted to Christ yet. We just are going our own way. We may not even be aware of them yet. Yes. But right? They, yeah. When he brings them to mind, we go, oh, oh, yes. oh dear. Yes. And if we understand the fragmenting effect mm. of the fall yes. on humanity, that we are all stained glass, beautiful in our brokenness, but still stained glass, that there are literally parts of us that simply need conversion yes, before yes. we can move on to recreation and, and reinstated. So we are redeemed. We are redeemed. The old song, how I love to proclaim it, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And then that, yes, that's the wardrobe door that opens us up to a kingdom and, and it opens us up into a life in God. We are recreated, right? Second Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. A new creation, a whole new being, a whole, a whole new, hasn't existed before. Right? Yes. Yeah, it's so absolutely beautiful because of the cross we are now reconciled to the God who made us and who can now recreate us. Over the holidays, I was rereading Athanasius's book on the incarnation, and he has this beautiful analogy of a portrait. He says, if a portrait gets marred, you go and get the person and have them come in and sit again oh. so that the portrait can be you know, fixed and repaired and and redone. And he said, that is the coming of Jesus and the incarnation. Ah. We need the image again yes. before us. Mm. This is what it looks like to be human, right? And then God recreates us in the image of Jesus. Right. We get a new heart. We do. Yeah. We are redeemed. We are recreated and we are reinstated. And I think that might be a really new thought for a lot of people, 1 Corinthians 1, beginning in verse 7, he says, Therefore now you lack no gift, no spiritual gift, as you eagerly wait for the Lord Jesus to return. God will keep you firm to the end, for he has called you to partnership with Jesus. I love that. Oh, that's the best. To partner with him, that we're called to do that, not merely as his servants, but allies in bringing this kingdom. I love it the, where it says that we are now seated with Christ in the heavenly places. We are reinstated to the original intent when God created man and woman. Yes, we are back to Adam. We are back to Eve and more so 
even more than yes. Adam and Eve because of Christ and where we are situated with him now. We are reinstated to our partnership with God in healing the world and, and bringing forth the kingdom yes. of God. Yes. Redeemed, recreated, reinstated. It's so good to say that because at any given time in our lives, all three of those things are going on. There's places he's calling us to rise up and rule, places he's calling us to walk in in his authority mm -hmm. and in partnership. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's also places in us that need healing and more recreation. The recreation is not yet permeated. Right. Our full humanity. Right. That where he says, I am making holy those that I've made holy. Yes. You know, the already and not yet kind of piece. Yeah, exactly. We're on our way. We are. We are in process mm -hmm. and we are redeemed. It all comes out of the lamb yes. and the blood of Christ yes. laying before the foundation of the world. Why is this important? Why am I reflecting on this today? I guess for a couple of reasons, hon. One is in this hour, which the therapeutic culture really has permeated the world and has permeated the gospel, it's difficult to talk about repentance. Mm. We talk about healing of trauma, right? We talk about our anxiety or we talk about our need for our identity to be restored in Christ. And that's true. And God is at work in those things. But we're missing a really integral piece of the gospel if all we focus on is our brokenness. Right, right. Jesus wants to get to the core. I love that he is making us holy. We can pray like David, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. You know, search me and know me, the places that aren't pleasing to you. And the Holy Spirit does that. Because we're not saying, I think, the, I think the dilemma when people talk about sin is that you're not saved anymore, that you're not in the kingdom of God. But no, there's a sanctification process that goes on. Yes. He is making us holy. We are being transformed into the very image of God. And he loves us so much. He doesn't leave us in it, but is purifying us throughout our lives. So, you know, we're not talking to the whole navel gazing or going on yes. the hunt, but letting Holy Spirit convict us. Yes. Show us things where he wants to have more of our heart, where he wants us to love him more fully. And it's a beautiful thing. It's, yes. it's a gift. Yes. Jesus used the analogy. He used it of the kingdom, but it's equally pertinent to a human life of yeast. A little bit of yeast oh, leavens yes. the dough. Yes. A little bit of holiness gets in and then it works its way through our humanity. Yes. I think the other reason why it's hard to talk about redeemed and the place of sin and repentance in our lives is that it, it's been so uglified. Yeah. <laughs> what, was the, what was the duffel puds, right, in the voyage of the Don Trotter? We've been uglified. <laughs> it's just been made so horrible by religion and by bad church experiences. Yeah. And then it makes you, a lot of teaching makes your identity sinner. You are a sinner. Well, now we're redeemed. We we are saints who sin. Yes. It's not our, our core identity. Right. And and people say, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, or that very religious phrase. I'll, I'll hear it a lot in the South. How you doing today? Oh, better than I deserve. You go, no, 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 no. Like, 
you have been atoned for. Your sins have been removed from you as far as the East is from the West. But that, that religious talk and, and using, you know, returning over and over and over again to sin leaves out recreated. Yes. And the, and the full replenishment of our humanity. Yes. And it leaves out reinstated. Mm. And that we're not, you know, again, another religious phrase, oh, my job is just to get out of the Lord's way. No, your job is to partner with Jesus Christ in the bringing of the kingdom. <laughs> yes. like you have an essential role. Right. Okay. So, th- so religion has really gotten in here, but so has the therapeutic culture. Mm-hmm. And I thought last week's conversation was really good. Friends, if you didn't hear it, we've kind of been meandering through some thoughts on C.S. Lewis's essay, The World's Last Night. Mm. And last week, I had Sam and John Dale and Jamie uh, on our team in, and we were, we were kind of reflecting. I was trying to get them going on the mind game to play the game of what if? What if, as John Dunn asked, what if this present were the world's last night? It, it, it kind of got there, but it also went more, it, it went more in a direction of sort of, you know, just sort of good living. You know, I, I want to be more kind to people. I want to tell my kids I love them. And I may have done that. I may have thrown this off last week when I said, well, what if, what if Christ was, was coming back within the next 40 years? And John made the point, that's almost just like thinking about your mortality. It's like if you if you take into account, you know, Psalm 90, teach us to number our days. You go, oh yeah, okay. Well, I do want to be a more kind person. Absolutely. I do want to stop and smell the roses. But that's not the same thing as when Jesus in his parable says, I want you to watch. Yeah, watch. Be expectant. And be ready. Be ready for my return. And this was the medicine Lewis was saying in his essay that the world desperately needs. What what does it mean to be ready? I may have thrown that off with the 40-year thing. So let me bring it back one more time to what if it's this week? What if it's today? Where do you go, Han? What if, like, just play play the game with me for a minute. What if Jesus is about to return? What would it mean to you? To be ready. Um, I'm just going to first say that my stomach kind of clenches. Um, I'm excited about it, but I want to make sure that I'm living in a way that's pleasing to him. And so if if he's coming back uh, March 6th, say, I I want to make sure that I am living in that way. I would want to consider would I change the way I'm living now? Because if I would change the way I'm living, if I thought he was coming back very soon, then I need to do that. I need to do that now. And so it makes me consider how do I align with God in my life? What is it he actually wants from me and with me? And then and then make those changes. Yes. Because I love the way you say, um, watch. Yeah, he says to be alert, be ready. Be expected. We don't know the day or the hour, but he also says it could be any day or any hour. And then that next thing I would really want to be doing, um, uh, developing my intimacy with Jesus, um, making sure that he's the priority of my life, praying to abide, 
praying to be near to him. And I have a lot more to say about that. But that's my initial thing is, do I have anything to change? Is there something yes. I need to repent from? Yes. Um, I, I want to stand before him as, as current and authentic and present. Because you know those sobering scriptures where he says, I didn't know you. The 10 virgins, five of them are asleep and, and they come to the banqueting feast and he doesn't let them in. He says, yeah. I, I didn't know you. And then there's other places where he, well, that is a sobering thought. And, and I want to pause and say, I think it's supposed to be gang. I think Jesus, the kindest, most loving person who is committed to your recreation and reinstatement, but he doesn't leave out sin. I think he, he means it to be sober. I think that there is a goodness to the sobriety, not, not in a abusive religious sense that some people have experienced in church environments or even ministry cultures. Yes. Right? But in the sense of, yes, yes, there, Jesus is very sober in much of what he says. And I think it is, it's meant to be like smelling salt. So last week, Sam's reaction was similar to yours. He said, oh yeah, my first reaction is, I don't think that's bad. Mm. I think that that is a healthy thing for the human soul, especially when you live in the comfort culture and in the therapeutic culture where so much is just focused on our well-being, mindfulness and getting to your exercise class and all that, right? Yeah. Yeah, those are good things. You and I were talking the other night about the idea of keeping short accounts. <gasps> yes, keeping short accounts because there is the, the initial repentance. You know, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's the entering the kingdom, the redemption, yes, the blood of Jesus, the removal from east to west. Yes. And there is the sanctification process. So I want to make sure that I don't have any gods before the one true God. Am I, what am I, where am I getting soothing? Where am I running to? It needs to be him. Yes. And then, and then praying, as I said before, along with David, in your kindness, in your gentleness, where are you working? Because I don't want him to show me all of where the places that I am. I think I would be overwhelmed if yes. he- Please don't show me every failure no, of my life No, and every today. place I'm not living as I want to. But he does it slowly and kindly. His his it's out of love, you see. It's not out of fear. We don't have a fear-based faith. We are motivated by love just because he's motivated by love. And yes. because of that love, we want to know him. We we want to be current. We don't want to be living outside of, of his will. He says, if you love me, you will obey me. And part of that means stay current. Sin has been dealt with by the blood of Christ, but sin still has staggering repercussions. You know, Scripture says life and death is in the power of the tongue. You can say some awful things that have devastating consequences. Yes. And, and keeping short accounts is really crucial for our recreation and our reinstatement because sin has a cumulative effect. And it numbs the soul to the presence of God. 
it numbs the soul to the dignity of other people. Mm. And I don't want that. I don't no. want to have that. It's like an erosion, an erosive effect that sin still has in our lives. It does. It separates us yeah, from so the, the love of God. Yes. So the idea of watch, be ready, keep short accounts is a very good thing for the human soul at any point in our life. Yes. Right? Yes. So the other night, something actually really lovely happened. Um, Stace and I were trying to begin to get some of our, just beginning to get some of our tax documents together. We're not the most organized people. Um, we're creatives. And, and so the organization piece is a little bit weak sometimes, especially on the taxes. Anyhow, emails start coming in of people thanking us for making a, you know, thanks for your modest contribution here. Thanks for your little bit of support there. And we forgot all about it. It was really lovely to go, oh, wow, that we were generous. I want to be found generous when Christ returns. Like, that's a good thing. Yes. And it was, it was one of those moments of, oh, okay, this is good. This, this, is, this is being ready. There's some evidence of him working in, <laughs> in our lives. And so that's really, you know, that you said that. It's good to think, how, how else do I want to be? I want to be bearing fruit. I want to, yeah, be bringing the kingdom to my neighbors, to my family, to my friends. Then, then I, what do I need to do then? Then I need to be abiding in Christ, which is life. Like none of this is, is duty and obligation. He's not after that. He's after our hearts. To be wholehearted lovers of God, mm. meaning that we're captured by him, and then the life flows so it's just good. Like you're saying, take an internal temperature. Am I living my life in such a way that there is evidence that I am a wholehearted lover, that Jesus is preeminent in my life? Does my schedule reflect that? Does my knowing the word and marinating in it reflect that? It's just, it's really good to take a look. Another way of looking at it, Jesus, says, don't be caught unawares. Don't grow numb. Don't grow numb to my presence. Don't grow numb to the true story. <gasps> right. And, and don't be seduced by the world. Remember Lot's wife, mm -hmm. right? That in a moment of really critical heart level decision, she chose the world. She looked back. She, she couldn't let go of her comforters, her, you know, her culture, all the things that made her feel well in this world. Yes. Her yoga class, her mindfulness, her, you know, yes. her gym membership, all those things that she was doing to have a sense of well-being in the world. Jesus is like, okay, okay, choose me. Do not fall asleep. Do not be numbed and seduced by the world. And that, that's another thing. What if this present were the world's last night? You know, what if he is about to return? Well, it's like it wakes you up to go, wait a second, who am I in partnership with? Mm. Who am I aligned with? Who am I listening to? Oh my gosh, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, reading Psalm 81 this morning and it was timely for this if anybody wants to read it, but, but he's really charging his people to listen to him, mm. 
making, again, him the priority. Like, where, what are we watching? Where are we giving our attention? Like sometimes, oh, I, I got really hooked on the news a couple of years ago. And the effect of it was not good on my soul. And I saw that I was spending more time in the dailies than in the eternities. You know, what, what is God's perspective? What is he saying? And in my learning to recognize his voice and the gentle nudges of Holy Spirit, because that's who I want to be listening to. That's mm. who I want to be moving in step mm. with. Mm. The gentle nudges of the Holy Spirit would be a really good test of being ready. Mm. That would be a really good test. I haven't been numbed. I haven't been taken out or seduced by the world around me, but I am, my eyes are on you, right? As watchmen wait for the morning, the psalmist says, mm. as watchmen wait for the morning, so we look to you, Lord. Well, back in the day, if you were the watchman on the wall and it was your shift, your job is to make sure the city doesn't get invaded. Right. Pretty important job. People killed, children taken into slavery. And so the watchmen are watching and watching and watching for sunrise because it's less likely that the bad guys are going to come when the sun is up. And so they're, they are looking with eagerness for rescue and security to God as the watchmen wait for the morning. So my soul waits for you, Lord. You, you are my source. You are what I'm looking to. And therefore, if all of a sudden, doink, here he is, dun, 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 it's the day of the Lord and he's back. Well, you're not going to be far from him in that moment. And you're not going to be embarrassed by what you're currently doing. Right, right expectant of him doesn't mean being terrified at his return. Exactly. We're supposed to be longing for it. The bride is calling. The spirit is calling. Come back. Come yes. now. And the more we actually know him as he really is, then we really long for his return. Yes. And for the goodness. And, and you know, who doesn't long for evil to be completely vanquished? Yes, please, In God. this world. Our hearts please. are breaking over what's going on. and. He's going to do that and so much more. But to, to be intimate with him now, to know him as he really is, spending time with him, worshiping him, knowing him, well, that just makes us want that face-to-face -face connection. Like our longing does increase. Come, come back. And he said, I mean, he wants that in us, right? Yes, he does. He'll come back when that's what's going on in his body. I began by talking about the gospel, that we are redeemed, we are recreated, we are reinstated. And that is a fuller picture. It's, it's a way of remembering the fuller work of God in our lives, but it does begin with redeemed. It does begin with the cross. It, the deepest need in any human being's life is actually not their brokenness. The deepest issue is sin. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to go back to just repenting a little bit because I, I don't want to introduce fear. I mean, we are chosen. We are selected. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And he is after our holiness. 
So when we repent of a sin that he brings up to mind or a style of relating or a way of self-protection, it means that we are coming up higher to his way of thinking. That's why we want to check our thoughts, check our actions. Are we aligning with God, with the kingdom of heaven? Are we living in union with him? Because that's what we want. Yes, because then the thought of his sudden appearance is not fearful in any way. You're current. You've got short accounts. You are walking to the best of your ability. Yes. You are walking with him today. And I think that's what we wanted to bring this back to, friends. In, in this hour, we profoundly care about human brokenness. We teach a lot on recreated and reinstated. Yes, you the are, healing available. Yeah, you're called to partnership with Jesus, the most wonderful thing. It gets us out of bed in the morning. We're so excited about it. But we don't want to diminish the sobriety that Jesus himself intended when he said, hey, be ready, gang, be ready. That's a, that has a healthy tonic effect in the human heart and, and in the choices and lifestyle that I'm, I'm walking in today. Yes. That's, we just wanted to kind of come back around to this because in this hour on the earth, it's hard to talk about that in a loving way, but in also in a very sober way. Yes. And, and Jesus intended it to be sober. Mm-hmm. And it really is an invitation to oneness and union. Yes. Which is what we want. Yeah, it really is. I think the other thing that makes people afraid, John, is when their family members aren't walking with Christ. Uh, I, I know a lot of people that go, no, 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 don't come back yet, don't come back yet, don't come back yet. And, um, and that's sobering as well. And again, if it changes the way I live and love, then let it. Yes. In kindness. But I think, I don't know. I, I have ones that I love that I am, I am not that worried about because when he does return, I think they will hit their knees. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a real concern. Of course it is. And it's a real cause for people to say, no, 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 not yet. But we need to keep in mind that God knows Mm. and cares. And his ability to reach the human heart and to reach the depths of their being, even in the shaking of the moment, like there is an unveiling, there, there, is an, uh, there is a moment where every hidden thing is revealed. And that is the final chance. I mean, that if you don't hit your knees in that moment, you'll never hit your knees. And, and so I guess I just want to say, I trust the goodness of God. If, you know, the, the person who lives in a highly undeveloped part of the world deep in a rainforest, God can reach them. Yes. Is reaching them, has been reaching them with the amount of revelation they are able to receive. I mean, Paul uh, says it in Romans and Psalms says it, that creation itself provides enough revelation of God. It really does. So that in the moment that he shows up in person, you go, oh, well, I do love you because yes. I've always loved goodness or I've always loved, you know, yes. these other things that you've been coming to me through. I trust that. 
I think that's hopeful. It's so hopeful. And to know as well that God is always more deeply at work in each person than we see or know. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I'm just, again, we've mentioned the stories um, of how he's working in the in the um, Islamic world right now. And a friend of mine who's a missionary just shared another wild story where there was a woman in Saudi Arabia who came to Christ in her dreams. These are the stories that are taking yes. place. He just, he just showed up and introduced himself. Not only did he introduce himself, he gave her the cell phone number <laughs> of a priest in Egypt to call and so she just called him up and he's able to kind of finish, you know, bringing her to Christ, shows her how to upload the the Bible on her phone, ends up baptizing her over the phone. Isn't that crazy? Okay, that God is working all over the world right now. Yes. He is able to reach the human heart. And yes. that's where I have to rest in the question of, oh, no, not yet. Um he knows, and and his ability to work deep within the human psyche is utterly profound. So, okay, we're going to land this conversation. Uh, I I surprised Alan with it three weeks ago, wow. and I said, "Hey, Alan, what would you do if Jesus were going to come back today?" And he's like, "Whoa, that is a really disruptive question." Um, three weeks later, we're going to bring this in for a landing, but it just feels important. I. I can feel Jesus urging us to put this before our friends. So we do so in love. 